Welcome, adjudicators, to another episode of Disputed, where two fictional characters go head-to-head, armed with only their advocates, and you will decide the outcome. Everything is Disputed. Welcome back, my friend. It's nice to see you. It's been a, uh, nice. a couple of weeks for us. <laughs> yes. I was, yeah. I, was, if well, I looked at the schedule. I was like, oh, this just, wow. Did we just do one of these? <laughs> yeah. Well, we did it on a Saturday. So it was, uh, it was a little bit different than, uh, than normal. So that's what threw me off. Cause it was also <laughs> the last time we had also had a month gap because of some scheduling stuff. So, so between that and I forgot, completely forgot that we did it on a Saturday last time that threw me off. too. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? I was kind of cool doing it on a Saturday though. I, I it was, uh, I, I, I'd be cool doing that again. I know we're, cause our, uh, not this next one, but the one after that will be, would normally happen on Thanksgiving. So we're going to have to figure out, uh, how we're going to do that one, but we'll, we'll Oops. sort, we'll sort that out. I will figure it out. <laughs> figure it out. Oh, so if you'd like to, sir, why don't you go ahead and inter- introduce yourself? Well, what's up, nerds and blurs? I'm Damon, father of two, husband of one, and the and the sensei of seventeen syllable syllable silliness. You may know me from such podcasts as Damon does in the Stack the Library podcast, and I am the Snooky of the D- Disputed podcast. Jesus Christ. Uh, well, thank you, Demond. Uh, <laughs> welcome, adjudicators. I'm Dean. I guess that makes me the uh, oh god, Polly D of the show. <laughs> um, so you can find me on lots of podcasts. Uh, so many I've lost count now. But anyway, uh, if you head over to podskier.com, you can find all of them and listen to all of them and give us lots of five star reviews or don't. I'm not your dad, um, but you may call me daddy. <laughs> So, man, oh man, that, so that last episode, uh, that was, that was a good one. So much fun. Yeah. uh, So two (laughs) of the, yeah. uh, And this was two of the biggest names we've had go head to head. Jack Reacher versus Jason Bourne. So we've got not only Tom Cruise and Alan Richson versus uh, Matt Damon. Um, So. So, uh, well handled victory for our, for our boy, Jack Reacher there. Uh, now the number of votes we had this time were not quite as good as they were last episode, but we did get 24, a little bit one shy of what I like to get. Uh, but overall Reacher took home the victory with a 78, 70.8% of the vote to Bourne's 29.2. So, uh, thoughts on that, Devon? I, man, that was I, are the videos usually like an indication of the vote count? Because this was a thorough beat down on the video, which you have to <laughs> you have to go to YouTube to watch it. Because man, uh, uh, WWE 2K does not do it justice, <laughs> but you need to watch it anyway. Yeah, but it, I like I I don't know if that's because it's it reflects the reflected uh you know the vote count too i mean 70 percent versus 20 that's one of the more lopsided victories lopsided yeah uh battles we've had so definitely yeah i mean you get basically 30 percent between the two so it's a it's a it's a yeah (laughs) it's it's a good one good sound one um so yeah uh mad props to our boy acadia for yet another victory for uh for jack reacher and uh, even though he didn't quite get the win here, Renee did a fantastic job with his advocacy of uh, of Bourne. So, and yeah, that was um, that was not an indication of Renee's efforts. Oh no, at all. I mean, <laughs> he was when he, fantastic. Yeah, well, I mean, when he came into Jason Bourne, he got he he got handed that as a surprise <laughs> at the last second. So, uh, but yeah, uh, and also uh, every week, like we say, loads and loads of dra- gratitude uh, to Keith and Heather Mackey for uh, these awesome WWE 2K22 videos and characters that they make for us each week. So you can ke- check them out Twitter at Heather Mackey one, uh, that's M A K I one. And then on Instagram at soul freedom, 10 S O L freedom number 10. So, uh, <clears throat> demand, um, what do you say we, uh, introduce this episode, shall we? Yes. 
Tonight, esteemed evaluators, we complete our endeavor to reach the end of the Elite Eight with this final matchup of round two. One scrapper comes from the dark underground world of assassins, the other from a faraway future in both time and space. Who are these two star-crossed combatants, you ask? Only two of the most tenacious exterminators to ever trounce a troublemaker. Beatrix Kiddo, a.k.a. The Bride, spoiler, <laughs> from Kill Bill, versus Amos Burton from The Expanse. Everything is disputed. Yeah, that this this is the this is the wild card to me man I, I i don't know what to make of this one at all because it's it, yeah this these are probably uh, out of all the characters i think well uh in in real life i mean it has to be like the most the newest of the two i think i mean cuz i mean amos burton hasn't been around that long um, and Beatrix kiddo is not also not been around that long. So it's, I mean, compared to Jack Reacher, which, you know, started way early in the nineties with the books, um, and you know, Cato, which was, you know, back in the sixties. So you got a lot of those that are, that are really old. These, I think these are relative newcomers to the scrap game. So. Yeah, these are, yeah, these are the two. Yeah. These are the two newest left. Yeah. Because, um, I, <laughs> Assam, Assam technically has been around, you know, around since the sixties as well, because that was the original. Yeah, man, we didn't get all that. True. I'm trying to think, I think it's, I think you're right. I think those are the two. Uh, well, John Wick. Yeah, true, John Wick. Uh, but I mean, he's def, he's got as far as far as screen time goes, he's got a lot more screen time than Kiddo for sure, uh, and even even Reacher. So it's he's got he's got more substance there, I think. So. Mm-hmm. This is these are these are a little bit I guess lesser known quantities maybe, but uh, it'll be interesting to figure them out. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, introduce our advocates for the evening, shall we? A new advocate enters the ring this evening, stepping in for our buddy Ben, as he hails he hails from Israel, was raised in New York City, did a decade in Sin City, but clear, currently lives in Vancouver, Washington. You may sometimes find him out in the desert, volunteering at Burning Man as a temple guardian. You may also find him in front of his piano, where he's written an entire musical uh, as a self-taught maestro. He also has an 8,000-plus score on Tetris Connected. Some know him as Embers, others as fucking fantastic, other times as mild-mannered water bear. But for this evening, put your hands together for Ami Axelrod. Ami, Ami, welcome, my friend. Welcome. Good to see you, you finally. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thanks so, for having me. Certainly. Uh, so so tell us who you are advocating for this evening and what skills you bring to the table for him. Well, I am advocating for Amos Burton from the Expanse series. Uh, I am a good advocate for Amos because I'm familiar with both the books and their short stories, as well as the TV series. And because I am that guy that loved Amos since season one, but really came on board when he rikered up his look intact on that second <laughs> beard. I mean, goddamn, was Chad. <clears throat> anyway, yeah. um, he, he is, he is a good looking dude. I you can't deny he that. He's quite handsome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I also listen to Ty and that guy and, uh, you know, Wes. IRL, in my opinion, can be a little uh, annoying at times, but <laughs> Amos Burton, I'll happily advocate for him winning a fight any day of the week. All right. Well, welcome. Uh, so if you are ready, Demond, to introduce your advocate. Oh, that's the wrong one. <laughs> Our next advocate is making their way to their fourth, fifth dispute of the tournament. Hailing from Pittsburgh, PA, he likes to compose weird songs in the bathroom. He is an author, Kempo Black Belt, and the 2021 DDP Yoga Positively Unstoppable Challenge Champion. He's also got so fat. Can't, <laughs> he's also got, 
<laughs> Woo! He's also got hands so fast he could take out Butterbean. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Brian Back again. Often imitated, never duplicated, can't stop, won't stop, back again. Woo! Brian Tan, the man with the plan. And can and jam. And can and will jam. As long as the hoop is seven feet tall. <laughs> can can relate and confirm. Got uh, love my shorties. Yep, yep. Give some love for those of us that are under six. <laughs> under six. I'm I'm I'm, I'm five eight. Do you, do you mean about, five six? I just said under six. I'm talking, I referred to myself. Okay. Hey, that's why I said under six. That way it's a nice, comfortable bit. Also, also, I started since you're, you're, I, you know, since, since the last we uh, talked, since what? the last time we talked, I've also started um, studying Goju Ryu as well. The, which was what? is I, that an anime? Oh, I, no, go, no, Goju Ryu <laughs> is actually the martial art basis for Yagi. Ah, very cool. CC. So you this old debt. You gonna work out with the. Uh, Mr. Zabka? <laughs> I would like to. You know what? Next time he... Actually, I think he's coming to a Steel City Con in December. I'm going to go see him because he was here. I think it was Cobra Kai season one. I think it was either season one or season two. It was when um, Rob Garrison and uh, Martin Cove came. And this mm. was before I lost all the weight. So I'm going to go up to him and be like, you don't remember me, do you? And I'm going to show him the picture <laughs> of us when I was like 400 pounds and then I'm going to be like, <laughs> Dang. and then, then challenge him. No, nah. <laughs> no. Nah, as soon as I say, let's fight, he'll be like, what? <laughs> nah, I don't want to challenge Johnny Lawrence. <laughs> Johnny. Hey, well, he got challenged already and uh, things didn't turn out so good for him. You know what? I still feel that there was a letter Kenny bias. <laughs> letter Kenny. Well, not last time. So no, not last time. No, not last time. Uh, Biggest upset of the tournament. Yeah, sure. Definitely. Yeah. By the by the way, Tiara has uh, also brought in Wayne is one of the yeah, Wayne is, Wayne the is the a newcomer. Wayne yeah. is the absolute newcomer. Yeah. However, he does have a lot more uh substance behind him. More substance, more screen time. Yeah. Um yeah. Just I about mean, everybody in the tournament, actually. You know what? I'll tell you what, though. Beatrix Kiddo is... She has the least of everyone. Because you figure Amos has the huge books. He's got the book series. Mm-hmm. Six seasons of The Expanse, I believe. Yeah. So There's Beatrix, a lot of stuff to pull from. Yeah, there, there's a whole yeah. lot. Now, I've only watched up to... Which season was it when they went through the, uh, the thing to the new planet? Was that season three or four? That was four. Yeah, so I'm up to season, season four. four. Okay. So... Well. So, um, so yeah, but Amos has a lot to draw from as well. So Beatrix, but you got, but, 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 but you that's get... okay because sure. here's the thing: you got quality over quantity. Because <laughs> I am, av- I don't even need an intro. <laughs> I am advocated for one Beatrix kiddo. She is, ooh, an amazing character, and I feel that I can happily and proudly advocate for her. For a couple of reasons. One, I am a martial artist. Number two, I understand when one feels that they have to fight with vengeance on their side. Mm. And three, I've probably watched those two movies, that one story, so many times. While I may have missed something, I don't think I've missed much. (laughs) All right. Ah. Um, yeah, I, uh... Oh, good to meet you, Ami. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm just glad that I don't have to actually fight you. <laughs> just, uh, taking this on. Uh, I did want to indicate pertaining to the other sort of materials. Uh, most of my arguments will not feature anything from the books. Okay. Um, but there will be some things that I mentioned pertaining to the books, but I will another sure. spoiler right before saying this thing. it's For part sure. of, you know what and it's also part of the uh character lore, it is so canon I, I, I see that yeah so i see it's perfect oh yeah i mean well, well when, when ben was here last time uh they they also 
uh, provided some of the backing from the book. So, yeah, so that's totally game. Yeah, everything is game. So, yep, just because I ain't seen it, don't mean it ain't there. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, let's go real quick. Let's go through the rules before we get going here. Um, I know Brian's heard these a number of times. Uh, and this will be first for you, Ami, uh, but and the uh, and the folks watching. Uh, so, each advocate will get a five-minute opening statement, followed by a two-minute rebuttal from their opponent. Uh, after that, there will be a question from Demond and I to each other's uh, uh, ad, uh, advocate. So, since I introduced you, Ami, Demond will be asking you a question. I'll be asking Brian a question, uh, and you'll have each question we ask. You'll have two minutes to answer. Um, and there may also be, because we do have some folks who are viewing this evening, got three folks out there uh, who are viewing, and they can put in questions, uh, and we'll bring them on, on the screen and have you answer them. Uh, and then once we're done with that, we will have uh, two-minute closing arguments for each of you, um, and, uh, and then we will ask people to go vote. So uh, being that, I mean, you are the, uh, you are the first advocate, uh, brought on this evening, I'm going to go ahead and bring up the five minute timer and let's see, which, where is it? Uh, which one is it? Nope. Not wrong one. Here we go. Yeah, you stay there. All right. Bring you over there. All right. And so if you're ready, go ahead. I am. All right. So to start, Amos has already beaten Lorraine Broughton from Atomic Blonde in his previous disputed matchup. If Amos can beat a highly trained MI6 agent, surely he should be able to beat the lesser skilled criminal assassin Kiddo, who the films prove is not a great tactician as she rushes headlong into every fight she gets into without gathering any knowledge of the situation beforehand. Now, this is not to say that Kiddo isn't skilled. We do know that she spends years training things like the three-inch punch and the five-point palm exploding heart technique and is a weapons expert in blades and guns. But her story is staunchly rooted in fantasy over Amos's reality. Kiddo is sloppy and gets by mostly on luck. As Oren Ishii points out, she's not as skilled as she thinks she is. Case in point, Kiddo gets dropped by Michael Madsen with a shotgun full of rock salt. Rock salt. Drunk as fuck, rusty skilled, fallen from grace, looking kind of gre greasy, Michael Madsen, looking somehow less put together than a woman who's just spent four years in a coma. Now, Amos's shotgun, for contrast, well, his is an automatic, and he doesn't use rock salt cartridges. Guaranteed, his shotgun's fully loaded with explosive, self-propelled slugs that will decimate whatever gets in its trajectory, and he won't stop firing until he's absolutely certain whoever is trying to kill him is 100% dead. Now, the bride might be graceful, but Amos doesn't play games, and he's not above fighting dirty if it comes down to it. Uh, besides that, other armaments at his disposal include the Rocinante's autocannons and its railgun. So whichever way Kiddo might come for him, she's likely to take a spanking. Speaking of taking a spanking, Kiddo clearly has daddy issues. Ergo shacking up with a fossil-like bill <laughs> and immediately falling for Kirkland brand John Cusack from High Fidelity. <laughs> immediately after she escapes Methuselah. Now, there is a non-zero percent chance that she would simply get distracted by Amos's, uh, to borrow a term from them kids on the internet, strong daddy vibes. <laughs> now, Amos may be, as he calls himself, a talented amateur, but he's ruthless and a natural-born survivor. And as Wei slash Marianne, Jess Salguro, finds out in season four of The Expanse, he doesn't get distracted by attraction or feels. Even if he likes you, if you get in his way of his mission or try to kill him, Amos won't stop until either you're dead or he is. And here's a book spoiler. And even death won't stop him. Now, Beatrix Kiddo might have figuratively come back from the dead when Bill shoots her in the head and she survives, but in the books... Amos is literally shot in the head and is resurrected by the protomolecule technology on Laconia, and the service and repair drones, referred to in the books and short stories as strange dogs, bring him back to life. This resurrection makes his skin gray and his eyes black, but Amos Burton is effectively immortal, and super spoiler for the books, as particularly evidenced in the last passage of the last book, Leviathan Falls, which states that Amos has survived to a thousand years into his future. 
So at the end of the day and her story, Beatrix Kiddo, even with all the special effects and essentially magic, but definitely fantastical Kung Fu is just human. Amos Burton, by the end of his story, well, he's something else. And I'll bank the rest of my time. All right. Let me go ahead and stop that. So minute 15. All right. Let me bring you up here, Brian, and start a two-minute timer. <laughs> and go. I don't know who Amos think he's somebody's daddy, but he ain't give no sort of daddy vibes whatsoever. <laughs> One thing I will say is that you're right. Amos is a badass. He is my favorite character on the show. Props to where it's due. But the one thing that will not work in his favor is the fact that when a force of nature is coming to you, I don't care what you think you got, you ain't getting, it's getting you out of its way one way or the other. Granted, yes, rage does make one sloppy, but it also makes one deadly. And when someone that she initially trusted and promised her that he would behave, took her out and killed her child that she didn't know was still alive, all she saw was red. Look at Bernita Green. Open door, fist to face. Amos ain't gonna get a chance to pull out a shotgun because Beatrix is gonna knock his ass into the next tomorrow, in the next plane, period. Sloppy, yeah, but Amos is not necessary. Amos ain't no prima ballerina in what he does either. Amos is a brawler. He is custom made for someone of Beatrix Kiddo's skill. And less skilled, less trained. MI6, no, no shade on them, but I'm sorry. This woman survived for how long with a misogynist kung fu master? And she survived. And I'm sorry. Walking up all them steps, holding buckets of water on your shoulders and not spilling a drop, that is intense core strength. That is intense upper body strength. She's whooping somebody's ass. And yeah, Michael Madsen's bud was definitely out of a lot. But the bottom line is, there are certain things that are never lost. The fighting spirit never goes. He proved that, and she proved that. And I'm banking my four seconds. <laughs> All right. That's uh whoop, whoop. All right. So now if you're ready for your opening statement. You know I'm always ready to talk. Uh, I, oh, no. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Come with it. Not much is known about Beatrix Kiddo's passing, and that makes us know that she is someone that is deadly. Beatrix Kiddo, while, yes, having daddy issues, she rode those daddy issues to become among the most deadliest women on the planet. And over in ICE may want to sit there and say that she's not as good as she thought she is. Yeah. She can talk all that noise while she had the fresh air running off that freaking gray matter. Okay? Okay. <laughs> not to mention the fact that the bride did not need any fancy futuristic proto-molecule to bring her back to life. She didn't need it. What brought her back to life? Rage. Unequivocal, malevolent rage. She-Hulk wishes she could snap out the way Beatrix Kiddo snaps out. This is a woman who basically, yeah, you got a black belt in karate. Good for you. Now let's take you overseas out into the monastery and let's see if you really know what to do. And when you're training with a guy who hates you, that has no problem breaking your bones just to make you get stronger, that says something. And having the wherewithal to be able to talk an acclaimed sword maker into breaking his vow. For you to have your vengeance. And she took out 88 people. There are only 50 people in there. Okay, 58. She whooped so much ass, the whole world had to turn gray because it just got that damn brutal. And then she still had time to take on one of the deadliest young assassins on the planet. Even when she looks like she's beaten even when it looks like she's outmatched. Beatrix Kiddo has that it factor that keeps her coming. You have to put her down. And even when you put her down, she just keeps coming. To quote Tony from Rocky, you don't need that in your life. Go get some new meat. 
because no matter how bad you beat on her, she won't stop. Most people, if you bury them six feet under, they are going to freak out, pass out, and die. Not Beatrix. She fought her way out of the grave. When you can will your muscles out of atrophy, that is someone that I do not want to mess with. It is not just about being graceful. It is about having such a strong will that you will not be defeated. You will not stay down. And then she was able, for as much hate as she had for Bill, there is a thin line between love and hate. And without hesitation, she took him out. She waited and she was able to bide her time because she's also a good mama. She ain't going to let her baby see her take nobody out. <laughs> she was able to sit back and accept all the emotional trauma and then the realization that her daughter was still alive. And I don't care. As happy as you are, you are still going to be messed up in the head. Amos is not happy that he's friend-zoned by Naomi. All right. He, he is straight-up friend-zoned by Naomi. And you know what? You could see that when her and um, Holden are starting to get together, he's being chill about it, but you know, there's a little something there. A little bit, and I, that's understandable. That's understandable. But Beatrix is able to bide her time. She takes it, and then she destroys. Absolutely destroys. And the bottom line is, no matter what, no matter which way you cut it, no matter which way you serve it, you can call it pie, you can piss in a jar and say that it's your mama's peach tea iced tea. Beatrix Kiddo is going to take that right foot, put it across the left side of your face four or five times before she shoves her foot up your ass, turns you into a boot, and then walks you useless. <laughs> and I bide my 26 seconds. All right. Uh, All right. Uh, let's let me write that down. Fuck you, useless. All right, let's uh, bring Ami back up here, and I'm going to start the uh, two-minute timer, if you're ready. I am. See how you dig this argument. Um, so, the Kill Bill movies are revenge fantasy movies and decidedly not rooted in reality. What with their colorful palettes and sudden color changes, fantastical settings and elements, and various incredulous assertions for their stories, that prove that they exist in Tarantino's reality and not a realistic one. Kiddo, after spending four years in a coma, would have muscular atrophy sufficient that would simply not allow her to lift herself off the floor, let alone strip buck, dress herself, pull herself into a wheelchair, roll herself out, drag herself into the pussy wagon, close the door, nor will herself into complete rehabilitation in 13 hours. Besides which, there's two dead dudes, including a hospital employee, laying in her hospital room those 13 hours while she's in that employee's car in the parking lot? Incredulous. I think there's a strong argument to be made that the events in the Kill Bills are actually a tragic revenge fantasy of a woman who got shot in the head by her geriatric, abusive, and sociopathic assassin boss-slash-boyfriend, and who is living out the rest of her life in a coma in her hospital bed, imagining that she could get back at the people who did this to her. And this is exemplified by all the fantastical things she does. Uh, her years of care in the hospital are paid for by Bill. Her life extended so that she could steal away their kid, use her for his own sadistic whims, and revel in the satisfaction that she is alive and suffering. Beatrix is likely aware that Bill is responsible for her state of being and that he is the one paying to keep her alive, so she does all she can. Imagine a revenge that will never happen. Did I get that extra banked time? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. I see. Uh, so given this supposition, it's possible the bride was never actually an assassin. But let's take it as a given that she is. Outside of her comatose fantasy world, Kiddo would be beholden to actual physics, which would render her much more susceptible to Amos's brutal salt. Without fantastical... Things like the five-point palm exploding heart technique, Beatrix Kiddo might be an incredibly inf formidable opponent, but 
ultimately incredibly susceptible to bullets, of which Amos has more than enough of, and can always 3D print more of back on the Rossi. And Amos has the discipline, expertise, ruthlessness, and the technology to give Kiddo a burial she can't punch out of. Out the airlock into the cold vacuum of space. All right. That's my argument. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, let's, uh, let's bring everybody back together here. Where's my, where is it? There we go. Um, so yeah. Coming with heat. It's an interesting yeah. take. Yeah. Uh, uh, demand. Uh, uh, and I do, we do have one question sitting in the queue, but let's go ahead and do our questions first. So if you have anything, come on. Sweet. Um, let's assume they're in the same universe and in a real, and we'll, we'll concede that it's more, most likely that, uh, Amos is, uh, Amos probably has the advantage in his universe, if you will. If we pull Amos to the Kill Bill universe, one, how does he fare? And two, does he have the patience to outlast Beatrix Kiddo and with, with the skills that she has? I think so. Uh, you know, if he's pulled into the, uh, into the comatose fantasy universe, he is given the exact same sort of fantastical style. And, you know, he's more disciplined than she is. He prepares attacks and plans he thinks about who his opponents are and how to get to them he's actually good at egging them on and making them attack him instead you know beatrix she just shows up and is like i'm the greatest ever and goes into a fight and a lot of times that doesn't go her way and yeah part of the fantasy is getting out of it but ultimately amos is the better fantasizer like, he also spent more of his life in fantasy, you know, as a child of abuse. Um, you know, he, it did make him hard. He, he had started as being um, abused, um, you know, in a sexual manner as a kid. And then when he got too big, he became a, he became a tough and, you know, beat up the people who needed being beat, which in my argument is everybody in that fucking place should have been beaten up by him. And uh, he spends the rest of his life doing that, you know. Beatrix also has that mom moral compass, but so does Amos. And, you know, the question is, why are they fighting, right? If uh, that would be the, that would be the, the strangest thing to me, is what would get them going at it in the first place. But mm. yes, ultimately, I think Amos would... Uh, if it's not actually her fantasy world, but just a fantastic Tarantino world, I think Amos would win. All right. Um, so, uh, did, uh, did you want to respond to that, Brian? Yeah, I do. Here, here's my, here's, here's one thing that I do want to say. The Katan could continuously refer to it as her fantasy world. As far as we know, as it is written, it is actually happening. Because the bottom line is, The Expanse is, at least when I first watched it, to me, it felt like Mass Effect, which is a huge fantasy. So just because she was in a coma, you still it's still her reality. So to refer to it as her fantasy dream is A, kind of a slight against the writer. And it's a slight against the, uh, the, the mythos in and of itself. Because at the oh. end of the day, all these cats are fantasies. <laughs> They're all fantasies. fantasies. That is absolutely true. So to refer to her and everything that she does as fantasy, it really takes away from the the for lack of a better term, the respect that that this character has elicited. And I don't think that that's fair to say for the character. I do recognize that that there there is a lot of respect that has been garnered for the character and for the films. and I don't, I mean, the argument does include her actually being in a fantasy, but rather that Tarantino films are in an alternate reality, in an so alternate fantastical reality. So is The Expanse. The Expanse. All of this is, is in a fantastical in reality. Physical possibilities, though. So, like, that's something that the authors, like, take a lot of time to. I think for the, for the, if necessary for this, for this particular argument, they're in the, sa- they're in the same realm. 
of whether they're fantasy or reality. So yeah, they're still doing the same they're, thing they're, in their stuff. They're st they're still on common ground. I, let's put it that way. So, right. so with that being said, here is the thing. Beatrix, we don't know a lot about what Beatrix's life was before. So to discount and say that, number for one, um, Amos's upbringing is, it's a horrible one. That's one of the things that make me love the character. He's my favorite character on that show, other than Bobby Draper. Those two are my two favorite characters. Man, Naomi, they're, they're all great characters. They really are. <laughs> they are. Very yeah. well-written characters. Mm -hmm. But we don't know about, and we talked about this already, is that with Beatrix, we don't get a lot which sucks. And I think that a lot of it though is stuff that she doesn't want anyone to know. We can assume that her <laughs> not all black people look alike. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> we can assume I can't even grow facial hair. <laughs> yeah, Damon's like 10 years older than me and I've had a beard for longer than he's been alive. All right. <laughs> so anyway, so so the point that I'm making is we can assume that Beatrix Kiddo and Amos probably had some similar upbringings because she has no family, no friends, no past, no nothing. Not to mention the fact, so one could safely assume, not to mention the fact that she was also being sexually assaulted while she was in her coma, which is gut, and she remembers that. So with that being said, if they were on similar paths, once again, and I think Ami brought up a great point, why are they fighting? Does she see Amos as a hired gun that's between her and Bill? If that's the case, she's getting him out of her way. You don't get between a mama and the guy that caused her baby to die. You don't. Now, I'm sorry. What was the what was the uh, the initial question? Is if we put them on level footing? Yeah, they they're on common ground. So I, I think if they and were on let me ground, hang on real quick and let me add yeah. let me add Tiara's question to this. So yeah. it, no, no guns, guns, no swords, swords hand -hand. just hand to hand, toe to toe. I think that for one, Amos is going to go to use his strength, which makes sense. Amos is a brawler. The, Amos is the rip your head off swing and knock you into the next universe type. Perfectly tailor-made for Beatrix Kiddo. All right? She's gone up against multitudes, and she's gone up against people that are physically stronger than her. And each and every time she finds a way to get by. Her training and her experience, granted, yes, he does have the military training to back him up. But as he starts getting into that brawler mindset, she is going to be able to counter and start to hit those pressure points. I don't care how strong you are, when someone is a master, or in this case, mistress, of pressure point shots and joint manipulation, she's going to be able to do that. The matter is, is she going to be able to handle those punches that come? And yes, she will. She's proven that she can do it. Can I counterpoint? Sure. Yeah. Um, I think that, uh, you know, uh, Amos, uh, regularly travels at multiple G's indicating that he is used to several of earth's gravities, meaning that when he's on a planet at the same gravity as earth, he's effectively a superhero. We're, and, but we're also on even kilter. We're on the same, we're on we're, the same wavelength. We're on the same planet. And in the same instance, but he is, he will experience physical strength greater than a human who has lived their entire life on one so, G. So you're, you're saying that he's, because he's been around stronger G's, he's basically worked himself out because of that extra gravity. Yeah. It's like people who, you know, uh, practice for marathons, uh, uh, at high altitude and then come down and they just like. That's two different things. Much stronger. That's two. What? What? what that, Those you're, are you're, you're, you're exactly going for, the same. Thing. You're going for lung capacity versus muscle. Not just ability. lung capacity. Well, it's, it's, it's also yeah, it, oxygenation of the blood. I mean, I do think it goes to to the to the training aspect of things for 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 each of them. However, you know, the, sure. it, she she's trained in the in the in the uh, the the martial arts. martial arts and the, the pinpoint or whatever the hell that was the palm whatever palm pilot. Uh -huh. uh, 
Palm pilot. Way to show your age. Yeah, that is a that hey. is an ancient reference. Hey, I had a we all laughed at it. So what does that tell you? Yeah, that's true. true. Very true. I mean, uh, but, I was this close to bringing up RCA. So. <laughs> Zenith. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't get to Radio Shack going out of here, man. <laughs> hey, I wish go to Woolworths. Um, <laughs> wow! <laughs> Pull out the uh, Steers catalog. You got your green something. stamps? Oh, oh wow! Wow! We're, wow! Bro. I think we're get your we're trolling into the past. You now. know how old We've I am. Light speed. Uh, lost uh, everybody under forty. <laughs> Hand to hand, no weapons. I think that Amos is brutal and uh, savage and won't stop until he's dead. And so I think that, uh, given the strength component and the you know the absolute savagery of his assault, even with kung fu, uh, I don't know that a kiddo would make it. Well, here, here's but, well here, here here's my rebuttal to that though. Um, I don't so much the. You're basically that there are basic the only difference then is between the two of them would be then the fact that he's been at higher G's and blah blah blah. She's not just gonna stand there and let him land shots. So, all right, he might be stronger, but he's still there's still gonna be some he, he's gonna suffer some some issues towards definitely being damage. Yeah, well, and, yeah. But, but so he, he's not gonna initially be he might be able to come out firing all cylinders but the problem is that his cylinders aren't going to be at best for long periods of time well she's more built but, for distance and that and that's why we have our adjudicators here to vote for who's going to win so let's uh let's go ahead and bring up the uh <laughs> the final the the, the the uh the final uh final bit so actually it'll be brian going first here and brian if you're ready your two minute closing statement yeah sure i'm not gonna sit here and the, the, the dispute is not whether Amos is a badass. If you've read, if you read the Expanse or watched the Expanse, you know Amos is a badass. Much love. Matter of fact, when I first heard about this, I wanted to advocate for Amos. However, at the end of the day, size and power don't mean everything all of the time. Beatrix Kiddo, as I already said, no matter how we try to look at whether she's dreaming or if it's just a fantastical reality, the woman is skilled. She can take damage and just keep coming. Even while pregnant, she took damage on top of damage on top of damage, a bullet to the dome, and she just keeps coming. She had dozens upon dozens versus her took them out, and then had time to take out two of the more deadly, the deadliest individuals of said crew, not to mention three more of the members of the Deadly Viper Assassination Squad, which in that universe is the most deadly assassination squad there is. Despite the weaknesses of decision-making that she has made at times, she still manages to come through. Whether you want to call it luck, fate or karma she makes it through because she's just that damn good and even if she does make a mistake she never makes the same mistake twice with the same opponent and if you give her that itch she's taken the top of your effing skull and your heart and your favorite kitchen knife in your chest and then she will take your eye and leave you with her namesake in a trailer. <laughs> All right. Well done, my friend. All right, Ami, let's bring you up here and right. let's go. Amos Burton has the background and experience in his upbringing um, that makes him a natural born survivor. And people who experience that kind of uh Trauma and resiliency, again, we don't know kiddo's background, and it's likely possible that she has something similar to him. Um, nonetheless, uh, Amos has some things that Beatrix doesn't have, which is the ability to plan ahead. Uh, Beatrix's major plan through the whole thing is kill Bill. And 
everyone who is in the way, uh, you know, she takes on uh, sometimes with <laughs> with uh, surprising results of, you know, ending up buried and uh, taking on more people than she necessarily had anticipated. And she makes it through. But, you know, a little forethought beforehand might have given her uh, a less uh, less of a less hurts to to work through. Amos, on the other hand, he is a tactical thinker. You know, he's not the smartest tactician, but he does think things through. Um, and then joining that with the strength advantage that he would have for the space travel that he has experienced, I think overall, uh, given a head-to-head, uh, fisticuffs sort of brawl between the two, I think Amos definitely comes ahead between uh, that with... Um, just swords and whatnot. I don't think that Amos has the kind of training that uh, Beatrix does, but uh, bring it into the firearms realm again. And I think the explosives and uh, science that uh, Amos has at his disposal would make him the victor. All right. Well, folks. Wow. Wow. <laughs> this is, this I'm is winded. Probably my, this, so, this is probably my favorite one so far. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I got. So uh, now the dispute has ended, folks. It's time to go uh, settle things. So we're going to have you go to disputedpod.com/slash kiddo v Burton. That's K I D D O V B U R T O N. It's right there on the screen if you're watching live. Uh, so go vote. Uh, voting will be open until. The Tuesday before the next episode, which will be happening on the tenth, so that will be the what's the Tuesday before that? Um, first, the first? No, the Tuesday no. before that. Uh, that would be the eighth. Uh, eighth. Okay. Right. So yeah, yeah, you're right. So voting will end at noon Pacific time on the eighth. Uh, so you've got until then to uh, pick your champion there. So, uh, demand. What do you think, bud? I know I sound redundant. <laughs> <laughs> I have so much fun doing this and and it's a um it's a it's a testament to the quality of ad, of adjudicators that we've had mm-hmm. and it just keeps getting better and everybody everybody keeps stepping their game up like it it, it just it, and then I've learned something new and I didn't know anything about zombie Amos which may uh, change my mode <laughs> yeah that, now you know, that's um, now that's in the books, right? You said that's that the is books. in the books. Yeah, yeah. That later on. That's going to be my next audiobook series, actually. Yeah, there's. Yeah, that I think it happens in uh, Strange Dogs. May, is may, a short story. You know, may, maybe yeah. maybe Beatrix is also a zombie too. Maybe that's how she stayed alive. Hmm, this that's is cool. possible. That's cool. <laughs> oh, it's a little <laughs> late for that argument. That, she, she, that would have given me a Yo, she definitely got into that trioxin two four five. She took a shot to the head. And I That's also like, like a, the uh, um, the uh, al- alternate theory of that she's just in her coma, just living out of fantasy until she dies. Like it's a it's yeah, a bit dark, but that is that an interesting thought. That is Thank that you. is a very like cool, that, uh, that is a cool thought. Johnny, get your gun, kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah was, I I, mean, I didn't have the time to watch the whole film before this, but I did look at clips and especially the opening. I, in my opinion, has a strong suggestion of that. Um, yeah, it does, I mean, now because I, I never even thought about that before, but as a, I, as know, a theory, I never, I never thought of it either. But so, I mean, it does. There is an argument that can be made for it, but especially with the head trauma, mm-hmm. right? Right. But this is Quentin Tarantino, <laughs> and that's, that's it. True. You know, like uh, Inglorious Bastards, uh, for example, is an alternate reality where Hitler dies in a theater, which didn't happen. <laughs> Right. And that and that there's like fan theories about how um, all of his movies exist in that universe right. where Hitler died in the theater, not in the one that we have. So, like, yeah. you know, everything is in this. Oh, it's, oh, it's, yeah, it's kind of like Stephen King, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that, that's very true. And I mean, let, let's be honest. There's like, you know, Django Unchained was is, is a fantasy because there, there's no. No, no brothers was learning how to. I mean, brothers was learning what to do what they did because they were the first cowboys and all. But yeah, there's no way a brother gonna go in there and take out a slaver and then not just get automatically lynched. That's just not right. gonna happen. Yeah, right. 
That's a, that's, that's a nice idea. Though. them around. So. <laughs> yeah, like everything that happened up until Monsieur Candy went down. Mm. I could see it, but mm. after that, nah. The Brian Tan cut ends up being that uh, <laughs> he he ain't no catcher Freeman. That's all I got to say. <laughs> what you talking about? <laughs> That that was for you, T. <laughs> for any any fans of the Boondocks out there, um, so uh, guys, uh, you know I'm going to go to you first. I mean, um, your uh, any plugs you'd like to give for your podcast? Anything else that you're doing? Um, I am, uh, yeah, uh, at Axelrod Casts on Twitter. Um, I'm uh i've got a stream axelrod casts uh it has some older stuff on it i'm retooling my brand so there is some new stuff coming out um uh gonna be tackling grim's fairy tales with grim and barrett um we're gonna look at it from a modern angle and maybe try and rewrite them to make it something more uh useful <laughs> right on. some of those stories are weird yeah very cool uh brian Yep, you guys can always catch me at the Plotaholics podcast, at Plotaholics on Twitter, um, on YouTube, Plotaholics podcast. I think that's what, yeah, Plotaholics podcast on Twitter. You can also go to Plotaholics.com um, to where two authors do a full-form discussion on films. We are currently coming to the end of our Listener's Choice Halloween. Mm-hmm. We have done Friday the 13th, Nightmare, um, Night of the Living Dead, um tales from the hood halloween 3 season of the witch this week we will be doing insidious can't wait for that also um part of the plot plotaholics um programming is tan talks um myself and katie salitis the fourth plotaholic we talk about um rings of power that was a very very interesting discussion you can also meet catch up with us this sunday live we're going to be talking House of the Dragon. Hmm. Newsflash, I hate everyone in that goddamn show. <laughs> there is not one likable person. They are all shitbags. And even the ones that are likable, they make They're unlikable pretty quickly. Yeah. Like Damon yes. in that last episode was Matt, something Matt else. Damon? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, Matt Damon. You he know what? I can't. Matt... The uh, Born Legacy uh, against Reacher, so he's gone to get dragons. Yeah, from, I, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, I know Matt Smith is it who I love. He was probably my favorite new Doctor. Um, mm. And he was great. yeah, seeing seeing him in other ro- roles just throws me. <laughs> it's just I'll tell you, I'll, I definitely get that, what, especially I'll with t- blonde hair. Yeah, I'll tell you what. There are so many people in that that just made me so angry that like it's put me in a bad mood this week because I've been I started. I started House of the Dragon on Monday. I'm already on the final episode. Oh, wow. I am That's... so angry. Mm. I am so <laughs> mad. But also, I am re-releasing all of my books. Um, the Inf- um, Invincible Heart and Unbreakable Mind, my science fiction dystopian fantasy um, stories that are the spinoff to Kendra Souders' Permutation Archives. They are available now in paperback and Kindle format. You go to Amazon and search my name, Brian Tan, you will find them. My urban fantasy novels, The Enforcer and The Hunted. If you like vampires, werewolves, magic, and vampires that don't fucking sparkle, you want to read the Path of Redemption series where Bryce Creed, a vampire who came to America as a slave in in 1680, has been called to the city of Pittsburgh to protect its mistress from a clandestine blood cult that is looking to use her blood for nefarious purposes. Also, in December, I will be re-releasing my erotic thriller, Ed Livy. That will be coming out in December, and then I'll have all kinds of new stuff coming in 2024. Dope. Yep, I, I, I just can't stay idle i have to always be busy yeah i i uh i'm hoping that i'll get my head situated so i can get back to doing stuff i mean i've got this whole sound booth set up and everything so i can start doing voiceover stuff uh so i'm 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 
my brain is telling me this is good. This is good, but I'm just waiting, waiting for it all to accept it. So, well, you know what, Dean, if you would like, I will happily get you some, um, a couple of arc reader stuff of, of some of these releases. Let me see what I can do on that. I'll, all right. um, just for something to sort of dive into yeah. to um, sort of distract your brain and then pick them up on the Kindle so you can um, leave a review because Amazon does not accept people leaving reviews on things that they don't purchase because mm. F the independent author. Right. And I will say this, if you buy books on Amazon, especially from independent authors, leave a review. Rate and review. That is the lifeblood of indies, whether it's Amazon, whether it's Apple, wherever you get your content. If you are dealing with the indies, rate and review. Rate and review. I can't do audiobooks. Tiara would have to do it. <laughs> I can't. You know what? I, I, I am intending on doing the audiobooks for my books. But at the same token, I think I might want to have a female reader for some of the female books. Tiara is great at reading books. And I think that's she's probably going to shine at, at that because she's been doing it for years with kids. So Nice. It, it, it's just going to be the, uh, the editing is going to be a pain in the ass. Oh, but. yeah. Oh, yeah. See uh, that C3 and how you have to do C3X for uh, for uh, the for the audible. It's uh yeah I've been I've been research that's that's what I've been doing for like the last month is researching voiceover stuff and the different uh capacities of it so yeah so I'm hoping that, I'm hoping to get the audiobooks out at least started within the next year it's just difficult man it takes time it takes so much time yeah all right. Well, um, so I'm going to give us uh, our, our quick plug. So uh, if you want to find anything for us, you can find us at disputedpod.com slash links. Uh, we also have merch. If you want to find merch, disputedpod.com slash merch. And <laughs> very nice. And I need to get, I need to get some merch. Yeah, you do. Uh, and then uh, all of our podcasts uh, for on the Podsecure network, you can find them on podsecure.com, uh, which uh, includes this podcast, uh, uh, How Are You Now? Um, the Podscure podcast, uh, the Jack Reacher podcast, uh, and uh, the Boondocks podcast, which has ended, unfortunately, because they're not going, they're not continuing with it, so, which makes me sad because it was such a great show. I was very hopeful, but unfortunately, that's not going to happen. So um, at this moment, I'm going to say uh, that... Uh, this was a uh, this was a blast, and uh, and I'm so much fun. Yeah, and I'm I'm looking Excellent. forward to seeing how how this final four turns out, because we uh yeah it's uh, because we'll, we're going to be back in two weeks, uh November that's uh November tenth, uh seven p.m. Pacific, ten p.m. Eastern for the first scrap of the final four, Assam from Warrior, Ooh. versus Jack Reacher. Oh, that's gonna be awesome. <laughs> See, so, you know how I feel about some Assam. Uh, you know, I love I love Assam too, but you know, my my, my boy is Reacher, and I, uh, I I have a hard time uh, not betting on him because he has the training and the size. So, yeah, that's true. That, that is true. I've got to start. I got to start getting my um my um my arguments ready for that for sure. Yeah, you may end up have you may end up having to go against yourself. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I can argue with anybody, including this asshole. Uh, I'm great at arguing against myself. That's that's a problem, actually. Yeah. <laughs> All right, folks. Um, so uh so until next time. I'm Zaman. I'm Dean. And remember, everything, everything is disputed. disputed. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. We are now asking you to go vote for your champion. We want to thank our advocates for their amazing defense of their champions. And finally, we'd like to thank the musical artists who created the music that helps make our show so great. We've got Hard Fight by Tajirigis, Game Changer by Icolix, Fight Club by Evil Bear Boris, Fight Makes Right by Atake, and This Party Sucks by Done With Fish. 
They can be found on freemusicarchive.org or on artlist.io. See you next time.